0: Apple Media Podcast Network presents. This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy winning journalist Rita Cosby. And welcome to another edition of Protecting America. I'm Rita Cosby. Are Chinese troops headed to a new training facility? in Cuba, raising the prospect of Chinese military right at America's doorstep. This comes as the Biden administration appears to be on an appeasement visit in Beijing. And joining us now to discuss this and so much more is the best Asia expert out there, Gordon Chang. He is the author of The Coming Collapse of China and the Great U.S.-China Tech War. His Twitter is Gordon G. Chang. Gordon, great to have you here.
1: Thank you, Much, Rita.
0: What was your reaction to Secretary of State Antony Blinken over there in Beijing? Uh, Did it seem like an appeasement visit?
1: It certainly did, and it was a debacle. Um, Even before the visit was formally announced by the State Department, China was insulting our Secretary of State, and they certainly didn't let up during the trip. Um, The arrival in Beijing was bare bones, meant to humiliate. He was basically forced to spend most of his time with a junior official in China. Gong. although he bears the title of foreign minister, is not of comparable rank to Anthony Blinken. And um, the big issue was whether Blinken would actually meet Xi Jinping. It was confirmed at the last moment that he would. Um, and they had 35 minutes, a grand total of 35 minutes, and Basically, that's like a 10-minute meeting because you have to account for translation. Really, what had happened here is um, we saw the seating arrangements when uh, China's leader met Blinken, and it was clear that Blinken um, was put into a position where it appeared that he was basically a supplicant coming to the Grand Celestial Court. Xi Jinping was seated at the head of the table. He was by himself you look like he was the emperor of the world. And that's what China wants to do. So it it just was a um, ill-conceived trip from the very beginning. Let's remember that this trip was postponed because of the spy balloon incident. You know that Lincoln was trying to repair relations? Well, it should have been the Chinese trying to do that because they're the ones who grossly violated our sovereignty by flying that large object over our nuclear weapons site.
0: So This was just wrong on all counts. You know, you brought up the spy balloon. Uh, We also heard from Blinken basically afterwards saying, well, it looks like chapter closed. What was your reaction to that?
1: How could it be chapter closed? Um, What cost did we impose on China to prevent that from happening again? It appears that uh, basically the Chinese said, no, we're not going to do it again. And so for Blinken, the chapter was closed. But Let's remember it is not. The American people are outraged by it. And by the way, there's somebody whose name is Joseph Biden, who, after Blinken said the matter was closed, then gave some comments at a fundraiser in California. And basically, Biden said that uh, Xi Jinping didn't know what was going on during the spy balloon. And that's embarrassing for dictators. Well, the Chinese were quote unquote, outraged by, by Biden calling Xi Jinping a dictator. So the matter is not closed. This is something that still in, is very much on the
0: consciousness of Americans as well as Biden himself. You know, you brought up those two layers to uh, President Biden's conversation, Gordon Chang, and his remarks. One of them, first, let's talk about the first part, the embarrassing part. He was seemed like he was making excuses for the Chinese, too. He's like, oh, it just looks like maybe it went off course and was embarrassing for the Chinese. Any American who knows the details, anybody around the world, they know that it was hovering over U.S. military installations, getting intel. We know it was transmitting back, and then we didn't even shoot it down until it goes off of Surfside Beach, South Carolina, after it traversed the country. We had every opportunity to do that. It sure doesn't look like it was just some mistake that just happened to pop over these military bases. Why do you make it that? Why do you, do you think Biden even went there to try to make excuses for it?
1: I think that Biden tried to do that because he wants to patch up relations, as he says. He wants to talk about climate change. He wants to talk about other things. And so he feels that if um, people talk in truthful tones about China, that the Chinese will be so upset that they won't talk to him. Biden has does comments at the fundraiser in California echoed comments he had a couple Saturdays ago. When he said the same thing on the White House lawn and it was wrong for the president of the United States to repeat Communist Party talking points to the American people. You know, we hear enough of this from Beijing anyway. We don't need to hear it from the person that we elected to defend ourselves from a militant communist state.
0: You know, he also used the phrase, just as you said, on one hand, he's saying it's embarrassing. He's making excuses. And then he uses the phrase dictator. Um, Talk about sort of the mixed messages, I think, coming from this president.
1: I think that Biden was, you know, it's it's they call these things gaps when people actually tell the truth. And, you know, this was one of those moments where, you know, if Biden wanted to maintain uh, and build friendly relations with Beijing, he shouldn't have told the truth. But it's good that he did that because that is the start of an of a good U.S. policy. Now, unfortunately, Biden is not going to continue um, that. But on the the point is for the American people, we need it highlights the issue. We need to tell the truth about China. We need to tell the truth, even though it's going to enrage totalitarians in Beijing. Because if we don't tell the truth, we will never get to a good policy on China, and by that I mean starting to defend ourselves from fentanyl, from COVID-19, from all the rest of it. Biden is just trying to sugarcoat this. And because he is the person who the Constitution uh, charges with defending us, and he's not defending us, we're in a heck of a lot of trouble.
0: Yeah, it is really scary. The other thing, too, is Secretary of State Antony Blinken also made the comment uh, that they do not support, that America doesn't support independence for Taiwan. A lot of people were surprised because it's always been sort of an ambiguous policy, if you will. What was your reaction when you heard him say that?
1: He basically should not have said that. Um, It gets a little complicated. Um, If you look at U.S. foreign policy, our one-China policy, yes, we do not support Taiwan independence. Um, Our policy is based, as Blinken said, on um, the Taiwan Relations Act, the three communiques, and the six assurances. And by the way, it was good for for Blinken to mention the six assurances um, because those are are important elements uh, of our defense of Taiwan. But after uh, the Chinese had humiliated Blinken, you know, day after day, He should not have said anything that Beijing wanted to hear. And I think that essentially, you know, you get to pick your words when you're a diplomat. And sometimes it's important not to say things. He should not have said something like that, because I can tell you that officials in Taiwan are privately dismayed by Blinken's visit. And people around the region um, believe that uh, China humiliated the United States and that Blinken just took it showing weakness on the part of the administration. So this was this is something that he should not have said.
0: You know, um, to your point about sort of the impression around the world, just as you talked about earlier to Gordon Chang, was also this last minute, okay, come meet with me, um, you know, as she did with Blinken, you know, he's about to leave, it's a brief meeting, puts him in a, in a sort of lower diminutive seat location. All of that, you know, uh better than anybody that Chinese propaganda is using this over and over again. Look, they came to us. Uh look where we put him. Look how we treated him. You know, I mean, all of this and then playing that comment too about Taiwan. This was a huge PR win for China.
1: It, it certainly was.
0: Xi Jinping's main
1: form of diplomacy these days is intimidation. He won- that the United States is finished and that he, see is boss of the world. And that was the clear message on March 22nd when Xi Jinping was bidding farewell to Vladimir Putin in Moscow after the end of their 40th in-person chat, where Xi Jinping said that change is coming, that hasn't happened in 100 years, and you and I, remember he's talking to Putin, and you and I are driving this change together. So really what the United States needs to do is to basically put China in its place. We need to show the world that we are a far stronger society, which we are. You look at the metrics, there's no question that we're a far stronger society. And China right now is in a state of distress, which is the reason why we have this unprecedented surge of Chinese migrants coming across our southern border. So this is a point where the United States needs to have... um, Basically, a a propaganda defense because um, China has this propaganda war on us. It is unrelenting. It is malicious. It's just day after day, Rita. We need to start defending ourselves, and we haven't been doing
0: that. You know, you talked about the border. Um, As you brought up, there have been so many Chinese migrants coming into the United States, a huge portion, um, increasing exponentially. And yet we're also getting fentanyl coming from China. And I haven't heard this administration really take China to task? Can you kind of talk about the role China plays also with that and how we really have been just silent, I think this administration seems to have been, to China on it?
1: Yeah, Xi Jinping runs a total or a near total surveillance state. He knows everything that the large fentanyl gangs are doing because they're well organized and they're international in scope. But we don't have to speculate because we know that Chinese diplomats support the fentanyl gangs um, and those gangs actually launder their proceeds through the Chinese state banking system. So China wants Americans to die from fentanyl. And according to the CDC's preliminary figures, we're talking somewhere 65 to 75,000 Americans who have died from doses of illegal Chinese fentanyl. Um, you know, we heard Lincoln talk about fentanyl, um, about trying to establish a dialogue with the Chinese. Well, Dialogue is well passed over. When you start talking, more Americans are going to die in the interim. We need to hold the Communist Party accountable for killing Americans. We should designate it a transnational criminal organization. We should prosecute it under the RICO statutes. That's racketeer influence corrupt organizations. We should be um, going after the Chinese hard because Americans in large numbers are dying, Rita. There's no time for talking anymore. This is just Long past uh, the time where we should have any sort of conversation with the Chinese about fentanyl. We need to impose those costs immediately.
0: Do you see this administration doing that? I mean, they don't seem to be doing anything vis-a-vis the border. They seemed like the word fentanyl barely comes out of their mouth. You mentioned Blinken barely mentions it. Biden barely mentions it. Um, They just seem to not want to draw attention to what has been an open border with easy fentanyl coming back and forth.
1: Yeah, they don't want to talk about it. I mean, about a year ago, um, President Biden had a statement on Sentinel. He did not have the word China in it at all. I mean, that's just wrong. Um, This is an administration that is trying to appease China. uh, And this is just, we know appeasement doesn't work. One could argue that the appeasement of the weak is an acceptable policy. I don't think it is, but people argue that. But you can't appease a regime that thinks it's strong because we know what happens then. You know, apparently nobody in the administration has ever thought about what happened in Europe in 1938, and 1939. They have no sense of history. And because of that, they are making the same mistakes. We are the Britain and France of the 21st century. We are the ones that are permitting a militant aggressor to start a global conflict, and by the way, it looks pretty global because it's not just Ukraine. The Chinese and Russians are destabilizing North Africa; it's starting to look like a war. If China invades somebody on its periphery, that's World War Three because that'll be war across the Eurasian landmass and Africa.
0: Yeah, that is stunning. Um, you know, I also want to continue down south too. Um, this new news too that Chinese troops seem to be headed to a training facility in Cuba? I mean, here it is, 90 miles plus about just off our coast of the United States. Could that be?
1: It, well, it could be um, because, uh, you know, the Wall Street Journal reporting about that, you um, Lincoln, when he was in Beijing um, and afterwards has talked about how the administration is doing all it can to stop that from occurring, but he never says what the Chinese response has been. He just said, well, we've been trying to prevent that. Um, the the thing about this is the Chinese, the, the, the Biden administration has sugarcoated the Chinese involvement in Cuba. There have been um, four Chinese listening posts in Cuba, directed at the United States. And they have been there probably all of this century or for most of this century. We know the names of three of them because they've been in open sources for a very long time. Lourdes, uh, the call and Santiago de Cuba. And the Biden administration tried to prevent the American people from knowing about that um, a couple of weeks ago. So really what we have here is an administration that is in disarray, does not know what to do with Cuba, doesn't know what to do with China. And now we got Cuba and China together, and that sort of makes us think Cuban Missile Crisis, round two.
0: Yeah, you're right. And of course, uh, what a frightening period of history that was. As we're looking at now, how concerned should we be, Gordon Chang, if indeed Chinese troops do amass uh, at this training facility? I mean, that is right at our doorstep.
1: Yes. Well, what they'll do is they will um, have, let's say, uh, surface-to-air missiles. They'll have surface-to-ship missiles. Um, that means they'll be able to attack the United States on day one of a war in Asia. Um, you know, bases in Florida and on the southeastern coast could very well be within range of Chinese weapons. Um, planes flying over the southeastern United States could be brought down, um, and then they could be. Be putting intercontinental or, or or shorter or medium range ballistic missiles tipped with nuclear weapons. The Chinese are pretty bold, so we should sort of assume that they can. They'll do whatever they think they can get away with, and right now they think they can get away with everything. So we do not need um, you know Chinese nuclear weapons just ninety four miles from Key West.
0: Yeah, that is an enormous, enormous concern, especially given the fact. That they seem to be, just as you pointed out with Russia and so many things, emboldened. Um, In the middle of all this, too, Gordon Chang, it's astounding to me that we haven't done anything to hold the Chinese accountable about the origins of COVID. Um, They haven't allowed the scientists in there in the Wuhan lab uh, just to even inspections or anything. Um, Are you amazed? Here it is, so many years later, so many people died, millions around the world, and yet, somehow China's getting a pass, at least from us.
1: It's getting a pass, not from the American people. It's getting a pass from the Biden administration. Um, Biden himself has had six or seven video calls or phone calls with Xi Jinping and one in-person meeting, which was last November. Not once during those occasions has Biden raised the origins of COVID-19. And we've got to remember that this is 1.1 million Americans have died from this disease, according to Johns Hopkins um this week uh, we had uh, the passage of the deadline for the administration to release intelligence on the origins of covid they missed that uh, deadline and i'm afraid that they are not going to release that because that uh, there must have been a discussion between blinken and his chinese uh, interlocutors about uh, the release of that covid stuff because china really wants to prevent the world from knowing and you know i can understand why China would want to do that because they uh, of their grossly irresponsible and I believe murderous activities regarding the spread of COVID-19. But, you know, the United States should be trying to disclose this. This is the deaths of more than a million Americans. So, you know, Rita, this is just that abrogation of President Biden's most solemn constitutional obligation, which is to defend the United States from foreign attack. He's not doing it. He shouldn't be in office if he doesn't want to do it. I can understand why he doesn't want to get into unpleasant conversations with the Chinese, but that's okay as long as he's no longer a president. If he wants to be president, he needs to defend us.
0: Yeah, that is the first and foremost duty of any American president. Um, Of course, this week we also saw the Indian prime minister. In Washington. And some of the discussions were about the role that India could play in a helpful way, say, economically, um, bringing like moving US business maybe from China, dependence on China in a lot of areas. Maybe can India fill in some of the gaps? I mean, shouldn't we be looking for more alternatives?
1: Well, we certainly should be. We should be trying to bring our supply chains, making them resilient, which means either bringing them into the United States or at least on this side of the Pacific. Going to India is better than China. Um, And really what India can do is it is it is a counterweight. Um, It has been traditionally close to Russia. But, um, you know, a lot of people, including me, are pretty upset at what uh, uh, Prime Minister Narendra Modi has been doing in connection with the Ukraine war. But as Russia has failed there, it means that India has no choice. It has to drop its relations with Moscow, which is failing, and it needs to build them with the United States because we are the only country that can help them because China is trying to break apart India. And so India doesn't have very many choices, which means, you know, there are a lot of people in the United States who criticize India, and I can understand it. India does a lot of things which we don't like um, from any number of different perspectives, But we're in an existential struggle with China. We can lose our country. We are losing our country. And we need all the help we can get. So um, this is like the Cold War. You know, if you lose, you're out of, you know, you no longer exist. So we need India.
0: What do you see ahead for U.S.-China relations, short-term and long-term, Gordon Chang?
1: Short-term, well, let me preface this by saying that uh, there's only going to be one survivor. It'll be either the People's Republic of China or the United States of America, not both. Um, And so we need to make sure it's us and we need to start defending ourselves. And we haven't been as a society. Short term, there's going to be so many problems because even though the Biden administration wants to um, patch things up, you can't do it with a militant regime that doesn't respect Biden. And indeed, the American people are going to restrict Biden in what he can do. Long-term, I I just don't see that there's going to be two survivors, so it better be us.
0: Yeah, you are absolutely right. Wow, what a uh, powerful, powerful message. And everybody, be sure to subscribe and share to this podcast. What an important message. Um, Gordon Chang. So great to have you here and always get your really valuable insight. Gordon, thank you. Thank you, Rita. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight, on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America.